Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. That's TKZ. We're going to listen to the rest of it. It's a pretty pointed song about journalists, uh, how they're interested in selling newspapers and things like that. It's an intro to a discussion about why people hate journalists so much. We're going to pick that up just now. Yeah, welcome back. Six minutes past nine. You're listening to The Viewpoint. And yes, this is SAFM. And yes, that was Kwaito, for those of you who don't know. We're trying to get a bit of everything. And tonight we're going to play some hip-hop later. Hopefully a clean version. Don't want to get into trouble with the BCCSA. We're talking now about journalism and about the media and about the fights that we've seen. Some of them angry politicians wagging their fingers at journalists. Others, politicians getting really ugly in terms of how they interact with journalists. And it kind of prompted a question that, yeah, good point. Someone just made the point that journalists annoy everyone, even quite those stars. But it did kind of prompt the question couple of questions. Do journalists have thin skins? Shouldn't they just take it from where it comes? They spend a lot of time chasing other people around and exposing their secrets. What's wrong with uh, punching back? And I guess it goes with, with being living in a democracy. So we're going to push that question a little bit. Do, why, why do people hate journalists so much? Um, we're joined in the studio by Tandy Smith. She's with a research and lobby group called Media Monitoring Africa, one of my favorite NGOs, I have to admit, which keeps an eye on a whole range of media-related issues. Tandy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. We're going to be joined just now by uh, Sam Nkokeli, who's with SANEF, the South African National Editors Forum, who's trying to find a quiet corner where we can talk to him um, politely. But Tandy, let's let's start with you. I mean, why... Why do some people hate some journalists so much? Well, I think it really goes back to the point that um, you sort of, of touched on around the role of journalists in a democracy. You know, journalists are there to push back and hold power to account. And that's always an uncomfortable situation. You know, journalists unpack dirty secrets. Um, journalists tell the, the stories that, you know, a lot of people don't want to get caught to get to have told and and you are going to get pushback when when that happens um so i think as an introductory point you know that that's part of of what we're seeing um it's not it's not something new 
Um, it's it's been there, there's been tense relationships between journalists and politicians and and those in power since since the beginning of news. Um, and I don't think that we're going to fix that particular point very very easily. But I, I think people who don't work in the media often don't understand that, right? I mean, I, I think that yes, there's recognition that. Journalists expose secrets, secrets expose people, people don't like being exposed, mm, so they shoot mm. the messenger. But we've seen particularly high levels of that. Do you think it's mm. it's because it's election season? Do you think that, that that kind of adds to this climate of just lashing out at people? Well, I mean, I think that there are a couple of, of um, additional factors that we're dealing with at the moment. And absolutely right. The, the one is um, the, the election period we're in. It's already a, a sort of state of heightened tension. Um, I, I think yeah, we, we're all experiencing this at the moment. But the other one is that, you know, we have to admit um, and accept that the media industry in general is in crisis when it comes to trust and credibility of, of media and journalists. And I think that in itself is, is adding to this, this fueling the tensions um, between journalists and members of the public and, and politicians. I mean, the, the, the recent... Um Apology by the Sunday Times around the Science Rogue unit, for example. Um, in a way, it exposed the public to the fact that newspapers make mistakes and they sometimes apologize and sometimes they don't. But it also created, it, it undermined the integrity of journalism, right? So, so is, so, so the relationship between what you're saying around the, I guess, the collapse of quality or the gaps in quality, mm-hmm. are you seeing that matched by an increase in temperature from people who consume media? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that that with issues of credibility come this this sort of attitude of, well, if we can't trust what you're saying, why should we even, you know, support you as a journalist or support you as a media? But the the problem that we see with with media and journalists when they do make mistakes, and I think that we, we do live in a, a, a society where we we enjoy the the um, the fact that we've got really good self-regulatory bodies where we can actually, you know, put forward these complaints and have media sort of account for for their mistakes, but we often tend to paint media and journalists under one mm. big umbrella. You know, Sunday Times messes up; that's the entire media environment environment messes up. Which, you know, yes, when mistakes are made, you know, you 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 need to apologize, you need to rectify, do something about it. Um, you know, as journalists and media hold those accountable, you need to be held accountable yourselves. But it's not fair um, in a broader sense to the entire media industry to to blame the media for one one particular um, publication's mistakes. And I think we, we, we tend to blur those lines far too often. But the space, the space I work in, people often complain that when journalists make a mistake it's it's really like pulling teeth to get an apology to them out of them do you think that the media is responsive enough do you think it's accountable enough in terms of owning up to mistakes well i mean yes and no i think when we use the correct mechanisms to to complain about these things we do get really good um apologies we we do get recourse happening uh, but, from but the that's, media. that's as an entity or as an organization or as a power mm, block in mm, the conversation. Mm. What about the person who is dragged across the, the the cover of You magazine in a in a sex scandal at a school, for example? Yeah. Do, do people in that situation have the same kind of access? Do they have the same kind of influence in terms of mm, holding the media mm. accountable? 
Well, I mean, I suppose it's the the sort of difficult admission that we would like to hope so. But the reality is that it is quite difficult to do that. You know, when media do get things wrong, it can go very, very wrong. And especially with the the sort of new online environment that we're in. Um, You know, we we see that sort of sensational reporting or, you know, the, the sort of very lacking context um, reporting that we often get. When that goes wrong, it goes very wrong. And it has really huge repercussions that didn't exist a couple of years ago. So I think it, it, it is a difficult, you know, a difficult space, but the alternatives are even worse. You know, we, we need to strengthen our, our accountability. We need to strengthen our, our regulatory bodies. Um, because if if we don't get that right, then the, the the other options are further state regulation or you know um, censorship of media and and that yeah that that's an even worse scenario to be in. Before we bring Sam in, would you mind just explaining what a self regulatory thing is? Because mm-hmm. for me, as a lay, let's imagine I mm. I never worked in, in in the media, but as a lay person, self regulation doesn't sound particularly good if it's mm. a tow truck driver who drives badly and, and and kills somebody do i really expect the tow truck drivers themselves to resolve the issue mm. or is there a, is there a, is there a more independent way of doing it well the the, the sort of self-regulatory body that we have um is is well is known as the press council um and as a media institution or yeah, a, a media body, you sign on to becoming a member of the press council. It's a voluntary um, membership, but, but it adds but a huge that, amount of credibility. Isn't that the problem? That that surely, well, if you're to self-regulate, you should all all selfs should be in it. Well, I mean, we see independent media not part of the press council, and there've been huge issues and, and debates around you know whether that's a well, the right decision to make. Um, they've gone with their own sort of ombudsman process, but you know, coming back to the press council, the press council is made up of a huge variety of representatives. Um, public media um, and yeah, public media and independent um, representatives um, that sit on the council and adjudicate complaints. And as a member of the press council, you then hold accountable to their code of conduct and codes of ethics. Um, and this is a system that that works, um, or that you know uh, is is sort of the best case model in in many countries across the world. Um, and and that's sort of what we what we're trying to strengthen and what we're trying to to push for. Sam Mkokeli from the South African National Editors Forum. Welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, uh, Chris and Dad. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for squeezing us into your diary. I know you've had a very busy day. Um, we we were talking before you came on air about the sort of increasing level of tension that exists between, at the moment, particularly politicians and people who work in the media. Is it something that SANEF is very concerned about? I don't know if we can uh, say, as a matter of fact, uh, that the tension between uh, the politicians and people who work in the media sphere uh, has uh, increased. It might be more pronounced now mm-hmm. uh, than it was, say, uh, 10 years ago, because we've got uh, greater interactions that we are seeing uh, between uh, the public uh, politicians uh, and uh, the media. And it's happening out in the public sphere uh, itself and there's a uh, social uh, media uh we're living in an instant world we know exactly how people feel and we get that uh, immediately so that's uh, the difference i would say uh there is there has always been uh, the tensions uh, that we're seeing now even in the past 
uh, between people in power. Uh, it's actually natural. And sometimes it is, it's what you want uh, to have, uh, that there is tension between those in power and that those who hold those uh, in power are accountable. Uh, but there are some serious concerns from uh, our side as PANF and about the media industry itself. There is a trust uh, deficit mm. uh, that uh, we're seeing. We had a, we've seen a number of uh, examples uh, with uh, what you alluded to, you know, the Sunday Times uh, issues, and there have been uh, other uh, examples. So the uh, the freedom uh, of the media and the, the trust issues are quite important uh, to us, especially when the trust gets eroded uh, over actions uh, from uh, our side and also their tensions. And uh, the media freedom is under strain because of actions from uh, within uh, the industry itself. So it does uh, concern us. But uh, the, the mistakes we're talking about and the problems are from uh, within the media uh, in fact, uh, they add on to a number of our problems and the threats that come from uh, the, the, the industry and that are about for example, field reporting, uh, the terrain is quite uh, hostile and now I've noticed over the past two, three years that the terrain is quite hostile. Then you get uh, the legislative framework with the ideas coming up about the, the hate crimes bill that mm. tends, that seeks to make criminal uh, the, the publication and republication of uh, cartoons and, uh, and other uh, examples and you still get very bad ideas like the media appeals uh, tribunal mm. uh, being uh, banded uh, about and then you throw in a whole lot of other issues with regards to the political economy uh, of the media and the, the current setup that makes it very very difficult uh, for the the industry and for South Africans to enjoy a truly independent diverse robust media But I mean you and Tandy are making a similar point around the kind of trust deficit that exists the trust deficit to some extent exists because of poor journalism. You can blame the economics of the industry. You can blame a lack of training. You can blame a whole a lot of issues. But I'm not saying you brought it upon yourselves, but you might have. Look, I, I mean, the two sides, uh, two sides uh, to, to the coin. There's a bad uh, journalism uh, that adds on to it. The other one, uh, journalism uh, doesn't exist in, in a vacuum. Mm. It's a power node in society. When you get state capture, uh, state capture, you're going to get public uh, institutions and, and power nodes, uh, like uh, the media, being sucked uh, into the whole uh, politics of uh, state uh, capture. Journalists are, are being uh, played. So when there's poor journalism and there are structural uh, issues, then you're going to find a whole lot of our, our problems, as uh, we are finding. So I'm not uh, going to uh, deny uh, that uh, there is a problem. Uh, with our poor journalism. At the same time, the other side of the coin, we're finding a whole lot of uh, examples of a great uh, journalism mm. that, that have empowered South Africans to have a better uh, debate and to ask better uh, questions and informed questions about uh, state capture and many other uh, aspects of life. So we think uh, both sides uh, of the coin are playing uh, themselves out. So I wouldn't say totally that there's a poor journalism and only poor journalism. There but is I, poor journalism. There's uh, examples and uh, many examples uh, of our great uh, journalism. But I guess the flip side of what you're saying, and, and particularly in reference to coverage of state capture, is a lot of people celebrated the excellent coverage and a lot of people were irritated by it because they were exposed, right? So it's a bit of a vicious circle that you find yourself in where 
You do the right thing, you irritate some people. You do the wrong thing, you irritate some people. As you say, that's part of a democracy. But it does seem that things are a little bit hot at the moment. And it does feel as if there's an increased, not hatred for journalists, but I guess a dislike, a a sense that journalists have thin skins, that they don't act in an accountable way. What's your response to that, Sam? Look, I'm, I'm finding the opposite as well, uh, Chris, that uh, journalism enjoys a great uh, deal uh, of uh, support uh, mm-hmm. in South Africa. There are many South Africans uh, who speak out in support uh, of a good uh, journalism and a good, honest uh, journalists uh, in South Africa. There are corporates who support uh, good causes around uh, media. Uh, at the same time, uh, there are problems uh, that lead to the sense uh, that uh, there's uh, tensions uh, about uh, journalism and also very negative uh, and hostile uh, attitudes uh, towards uh, journalism because there have been uh, problems. There have been uh, shocking uh, examples uh, of uh, bad uh, journalism, but it is not a black and white uh, or just only one straight line uh, debate and it's really a diverse and a dynamic uh, situation that uh, we are finding. I, so I, I do appreciate the scrutiny uh, that uh, the media sector uh, is uh, enjoying. It. It's one way uh, to make sure that uh, we, from our side, are accountable uh, to the public. It keeps us on our toes. Now, I, I agree with you that it's that it's that it's bi- it's not binary, right? I mean, it's very the media is so elaborate; it is a, a different set of things. And I like the fact that people are kind of hu- coming up and hugging you and saying, "Well done." I think that's a great. It's important, you know, that you get recognition for for the work that you do. But I, but I guess the difficulty is that people who gonna, who want to hate you will hate you more every time there's a bad article or there's a mistake. And people who love you are probably going to love you more every time you break a good story responsibly. I, I guess my question to Tandy then is, are you able to track? I mean, are you, you, you're able to track fake news, I know, but are you able to track the kind of the error measure within South African journalism, the, the number of mistakes that are being made, the impact, uh, the scale of that sort of thing? Because if, if Sam is right, um, it would be really interesting to kind of look at how we focus on how often things are wrong, not on how often things are right. Are, are you able to track that? Do you get a sense that there is this lack of quality, that there are more mistakes that are being made? Well, you know, we, we don't necessarily look at specific, you know, indicators. Well, we, we don't count the number of, of, of mistakes. What we look at is sort of the trends in the quality that we see. And we've, we've got, you know, various methodologies that, that do this. But I wanted to touch on on one point, and it speaks to exactly this: the the quality um, and and whether journalists sort of get it right or not. And it was around the sort of like well, hostile field reporting, um, and you know, journalists um, on the ground, as 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 you would say, is we we have this culture of complete events based reporting, you know, and and this is a critique that we've come out um, time and time again. I mean, for for years. Um, around, you know, if we look at, at service delivery protests or community-based issues, and you, you tend to get the media at, at reporting at the point where, you know, the violence is taking place or, you know, it's gotten to the point of, of extreme unrest mm-hmm. and, and, and tension and suddenly you find the media here. So that in itself causes a, a trust issue because, you know, people say, well, why aren't you, why aren't you unpacking the stories? Why aren't you giving the context? Why, why aren't you reporting on the issues before it gets to the, the violent point? And, you know, you, you, you also mentioned the, the, the commercial interests and, and media models and, and funding models. And I think that has a lot to play um, with, with that as well. You know, um, 
sensational media sells, um, events-based reporting sells, and especially in in the age of sort of this quick, fast-paced um, information that that we have. But to to yeah, I suppose go back to your point in in that we we look at the the quality of of trends um, and well the the, the yeah, the training in, in the quality of, mm. of the journalism and not necessarily the, the specific indicators because, again, you know, media do make mistakes. Journalists do make mistakes. And that's – although we should recognize that and, and, you know, put measures in place to, to mitigate that, that isn't what journalists are. Journalists shouldn't be, you know, painted for just the mistakes that, that get made. We need to be looking at the quality um, generally and, and pushing, you know, the basic – elements of, of what constitutes good journalism and, and good ethical reporting and, and really try to um, instill that in, in our journalists. Great. Tandy Smith there from uh, Media Monitoring Africa. We'll be back in a sec. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Call Chris now. now. 0891-104-207. Welcome back. It's 26 minutes past nine. You're listening to The Viewpoint on SAFM. Tsepo and Everton, welcome to the show. Tsepo. Hello. Hello, Tsepo. We can hear you now. Thank you for calling. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, firstly, uh, I'd like to congratulate you on your new job, uh, Thank you. And your, uh, your your guest too. I, I I'd like to say hello to her. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I I I have this opinion about uh, uh, the journalist of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily today, but from in Moria. You know, uh, I'm a trained journalist myself. And back in the days, I used to write when I was in school, while I was doing uh, journalism training. Uh, I, I used to write for a very reputable publication. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mercedesia Mabuza Sato was a columnist back then. And she, men- she mentioned something very important, that there is a difference between reporters and journalists. Mm-hmm. Just explain what that difference is very briefly. Yes. Now, uh, what I want to say is uh, uh, your, your guest there, Talking about sensational journalism, mm-hmm. that's why I left the profession because uh, I, I, I could realize back then that uh, most most of the so-called journalists are not necessarily trained and don't have the journalistic ethics uh, as part of their training. So, hence, people they hate journalists because of them. That's a good point, Tepo. Thanks for that. Um, Robert Akhwani in Pretoria, thanks for calling. Oh, yes. Very good. Thank you for calling in. No, no problem. I think 
hate it is a strong word, however, I see where you're, where you're coming from. And I would like to think that it's more about increasing accountability. And if we can get that, that's where we can get it right. We talked to uh, self-regulation and how we do not think it might work. And, like, and I'm with you on that because I think that it should work with the board or some body of, of some sort. Um, you look into the, uh, the health sector, self-regulation happens throughout. Um, you have the hospital ombudsperson. Another lady talked to us confusing media houses and mm. journalists. And we, we only look into the health sector. We have the hospital ombudsperson. We have the practitioner's ombudsperson. So we know exactly where to go and how to deal with it. In terms of the health practitioner doing grave um, uh, 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 deed or act, it is a practitioner's ombudsman in this instance, a journalist who should be dealt with and then be removed from the list, the registration, mm. and to practice as a journalist. Um, and, and what do we have now? We have now a journalist who does something wrong. You talked about the, the matter of SARS. What do they do? They, move, they leave the newspaper, they go to another medium, the television, and, and, and where else? With the health sector, once you are removed from the register, you cannot. That particular mm. profession. That's an interesting. That it's an interesting profession. comparison. And the last point, mm. the last point, if I may, uh, he's quite. She's quite correct in terms of we should not confuse media and the journalists because of the fact that the media house is bad. ANS seven does not mean the journalists are corrupt or bad, mm. and vice versa. The fact that it's Sunday Times or ENCA, it does not mean the journalist is, is correct or, or is good. So we need to separate the two, but we do need some sort of a board to regulate and to register and to be able to remove any person from the register. Thanks Thank for you. that. Thanks for that call. Tandy's eyebrows have hit the ceiling. <laughs> just explain your response. I mean, it's it's the the the, the caller has just sort of alluded to the the issue of what you would call licensing journalists, and you know that's that's something that's that's sort of been spoken about. Um, previously, you know, you you do get cases in in other countries where where this happens, but it is you know one of the the sort of worst things that we can do for freedom of expression and media freedom. Um, I understand that there's there's you know the comparison between other ombudsmen and and sort of other industries, but media in itself is. You know, there's a reason why it is it is such a fundamental institution of a functioning democracy. You know, um, it's 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 different. It, we need journalists to be able to express themselves. We need media to be able to to say what they 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 need to say, and we need to be able to trust them that what they're saying is a is a sort of educated, well researched um, opinion. And you know, we we can't get into an era where we're starting to to license journalists. There are all sorts of restrictions and censorship that that could come with that. And mm. yeah, it's it's just I think that there are other alternatives that um, we can look at before we start licensing journalists. Sam, I want to get a response from you, but let me read a couple of SMSs from our listeners. Um, KK says journalists are hated because they expose small and younger skeletons. I think that's pretty 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 accurate. Um, another listener saying there should only be one short law on fake news. The party that peddles lies or false news must go to jail for two weeks. That feels like kind of 1980 to me. But Sam, I, I guess I guess the sort of broad issue that's coming through is how do you how do you professionalize without licensing, right? And 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 how do you not impinge on freedom of expression, but to some extent ensure that someone who professes to be a journalist is a professional. 
before I even uh, try to respond to that, I mean, you asked a question about whether or not there has been a good study on uh, the rate of uh, mistakes and mm, versus mm. Uh, the good. I mean, it's something like that would be very, very handy. It might just help us have a better understanding uh, of the situation we're in now and compared to maybe a decade uh, ago. The media sector has changed uh, quite a bit in terms of the institutional framework uh, that uh, uh, we have at the Ombuds uh, system. Uh, it's not no longer totally uh, media independent uh, regulation uh, or self-regulation. Uh, uh, it's independent co-regulation uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, public uh, participation uh, in the process. And there's a very, very good appeal uh, mechanism where we have currently uh, Judge uh, Bernard uh, and Wepe. And there's been a very good uh, outcomes uh, out of uh, the new system which was introduced uh, in around about uh, 2012. And mm-hmm. we've really uh, covered a lot of uh, new ground uh, in terms of uh, this, uh, the model uh, we have. Uh, it's really been a comforting for us within the industry and watching how we have operated our vessels, uh, how we operated uh, before that. And then we've got uh, this spectacular bad example we have uh, of the rogue unit, uh, which uh, muddles things and messes up my own uh, narrative uh, around this. And you're bound to have uh, examples uh, that are spectacular uh, as that in the context of our state capture and uh, what uh, had uh, to happen. And let's remember, we have a good court system in South Africa as well that our people uh, could uh, still use uh, to make sure that uh, their rights are protected. And that helps uh, to make uh, the industry even uh, more uh, uh, professional. I mean, journalism is a, is a public uh, institution itself, and it's there really as a, a public good, and we need to make sure that it is uh, protected. Uh, and whatever we do, to remedy the situation, we should try and stick within uh, the confines uh, of uh, the, the constitution. Uh, issues like uh, licensing uh, journalism, I mean, it takes a state to, to China. That's not going to help us uh, in South Africa. And it's, I mean, quite frankly, uh, it's not likely to, to come through uh, to be uh, instituted in South Africa. The same way the media appears, uh, tribunal, for example, uh, as one of the suggested alternatives uh, from time to time, uh, is probably never going to fly in South Africa because it wouldn't uh, be uh, uh, constitutional in the manner uh, that uh, it's being uh, crafted. So this is uh, where we are. We're going through these uh, difficult times, but the institutional uh, framework uh, is quite uh, robust and it's something that uh, we need to protect. In terms of, of the reactions then that we've seen from some, some politicians in particular um, in, in recent weeks, is, is that something that you're engaging with them about? I mean, I think the Jesse Duarte thing, a lot of people have seen and heard, and there's different views on it. But is it is it something <clears throat> that you're picking up with the political parties in terms of their posture, particularly during the elections, particularly when things are as hot as they are? Yes, uh, we have. I mean, we had uh, conversations uh, with the economic uh, freedom fighters uh, last year. We were concerned about uh, uh, their posture and inciting uh, violence. And there have been a few other uh, political parties we've had to have a uh, conversation with. And sometimes we've had been forced in some instances uh, to go to, uh, to court against the, the EFF uh, in a case that is not too dissimilar to our case against uh, under the Notama's uh, BLF uh, two years ago. 
So we use uh, different uh, strokes and uh, for different folks, and sometimes we talk to people, sometimes we use uh, the law and, uh, and uh, the courts. So we often have conversations uh, with uh, the ANC about uh, different issues uh, as uh, they do arise. And uh, we've been talking to the IEC uh, about uh, our concerns about the very hostile uh, nature of uh, the election uh, terrain and to make sure that uh, they use uh, the, their rules and uh, the codes of our conduct and to make sure that uh, uh, the, the space for media is uh, protected uh, as part of the campaign. Mm. Sam, I'm going to let you go. I know you've had a long day. I just want to play a clip for you, Tandy, and for you, listener, of someone who seems to sort of set the benchmark for being offensive when it comes to journalism. Take a listen. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign. Uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, if you don't mind, Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, yeah, Mr. President, I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a, it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me that. I uh, why, why, did you, why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because and, I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants in not this election no, to try I to want keep them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. Your you campaign, wait, your campaign. Wait, wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. Right. Your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so on. Well, that's true. It poured, it, but they it, weren't actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. These were, these were people, this was an actual, you know, it happened a few days ago. And, uh, They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles you know away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I okay, may ask one enough. other question. Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that... That you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, I'm not a big fan us. of yours either. So I yeah, understand. To be honest. So let, me, so let me ask you a question, if I can. You repeatedly you said are, you are the best, Mr. President. You repeatedly over the course. Okay, of the, just sit down, please. Well, when you when you report fake news, no. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot. You are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. President, over the court. Tandy Newton, you are the enemy of the people. Yeah? Have you ever heard anything like that? Uh, it, it, it makes me so uncomfortable. And it, it just, you know, it's, it's one of these things that, I mean, to in this day and age, to have a, a, a president of, of America call the media the enemy of the people. Yeah. 
I mean, that's bound to set a, a, a precedent of how politicians treat journalists. Exactly. And I mean, a part of me is just absolutely disgusted when I hear that 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 clip. And I, you know, it's it's the 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 whole. Um, comments of, of fake news, which we, we don't like to use at all. Um, if it's news, it's not fake. And if it's fake, it's not news. But, um, you know, another part of me goes, you know, we clearly we at least we're not unique. We're, we're, and we're, it's not, we're not yeah. the only ones that have problems with politicians the, and journalists. Yeah, we're not quite there. Tandy no. Smith from Media Monitoring Africa, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, you very show. much. That pretty much wraps up that part of the conversation. Let's take in some Notorious B.I.G. Like every journalist, he says he had a story to tell. Check it out. This here goes out. To all of the And of the cribs. Think it's sweet. Creep up on your <laughs> Live expected. Check it. I kick flows for you. Kick down doors for you. Even left all my mother for you. This thing Frankie with the picture that with the Kodak, it's the Matac. We don't get down like that. Lay my game down quite flat. Sweetness, when you park that. Petiteness, what that fat. She got a body, make wanna eat that. I'm fucking with you. The official though, dick harder than the missile, yo. Try to hit it if she tripping, disappearing like Arsenio. Yo, the push a double O with the five in front. Probably a cannabis stunt. Y'all drive in front. I'm appeal with her. Find a deal with her. Around steel, huh? Then we all get laced. Televisions, Versace heaven. When I'm up in them, the she kick. All the shit's legit. She get from a player off the New York Knicks. Trick with your lust. Was plush. She stressing me to f- like she was in the rush. In his bed, quite dangerous. I'm in his while he play against the Utah Jazz. My 112 CD blast. I was passed. She came twice. I came last. Roller. She giggled, saying I'm smoking on homegrown. Then I heard a moan, honey, I'm home. Yup, talk chrome for situations like this. I'm up in this broad, I know he don't like this. Now I'm like, you better talk to him before the fifth put a spark to him. Around, get dark to him, put a part through him, lose a major part to him. Arm, leg, she begging me to stop, but the cat getting closer, getting hot like a toaster. I caught the toast, uh. Before my eyes could blink, she screams out, honey, bring me up something to drink. He go back downstairs, more time to think. My brain racing, she's telling me to stay patient. She don't know I'm cool as a fan, your hand. I don't want to blast her man, but I can and I will, though. I'm trying to chill, though, even though the situation looking kind of ill, yo. It came to me like a song I wrote. Told her, give me a scarf, pillowcase, and rope. Got dressed quick, tied the scarf around my face. Broke the up, gagged the mouth with the pillowcase. Played the cut, coming on some love potions. Flash the heat on him. He stood emotionless, dropped the glass, screaming, don't blast. Here's the stash, a hundred cash, just don't shoot my... Please, pulling mad G's out the floor, put stacks in the Prada nap sack, hit the door, grab the keys to the five, call my n- on the cell, bring some, I got a story to tell. Uh, Yo, man, uh, y'all, they gon' believe what the f*** happened to me. Remember that bitch I left the club with, man? Yeah. Yo, stinky, yo. I'm up in this credit. 